Hello, and welcome to the Beyond Borders podcast, the podcast that explores topics related to international trade. This podcast is brought to you by Buckland. For over 70 years, Buckland has been working to help companies across the world experience global trade in a better way. As a customer-focused company, we provide you with a single source of unmatched customs brokerage, trade-managed solutions, freight forwarding, trade technologies, and warehousing and distribution services. I'm your host, Jenny Kaus, Marketing Manager at Buckland, and today I am speaking with our guest, Chris Borganis. Chris is the Manager for Compliance and Consulting at the Buckland office in Southfield, Michigan, and has been with Buckland for four and a half years. Chris is a licensed customs broker and holds his certified customs specialist and certified export specialist designations. Chris focuses on classification and specializes in OEM automotive, aftermarket machinery, and testing apparatuses. Today, Chris and I will be giving an update on Section 301 tariffs. The news has been filled with headlines about tariffs between the United States and China, many even labeling it as a trade war. The tariffs have escalated as the negotiations have taken place, and this has left so many people concerned about what this means for them. We spoke just a little over a year ago, and we thought that maybe it would be a good time to reconnect on this topic and provide an update on where it is that things stand today. So welcome back to the podcast again, Chris. Thanks, Jenny. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me. And I I can't believe it's been over a year since we last spoke about this, and certainly so much has happened since our last conversation on this topic. So I was thinking what we could do is maybe recap on exactly what's been going on. Yeah. So, I mean, the current situation has kind of been escalating since even before, you know, Trump was elected to office, Uh, you know, back in June of 2016, when uh, addressing a crowd at a, a rally, Uh, He basically essentially said that China's interest into the WTO was one of the greatest thefts or job thefts in history. Um, So this ramped up as he came into office and and was the president. Uh, And, you know, what started with discussing intellectual property and discussing, you know, the trade deficit, um, you know, there was a period of 100 days of talks. Uh, And not too much came out of it on, on both countries' sides. So after... Uh, the United States. So this was in August of 2017, uh, you know, two and a half years ago. The U.S. then started uh, what it would be, you know, a Section 301 probe into China's intellectual property theft. Uh, And since then, you know, as we talked about last year, and and we'll talk a little bit more about today, things have progressed pretty steadily into kind of a bad situation for all those involved. Mm -hmm. And when we spoke last year, List 1 and List 2 were in effect which were 25% tariffs on 34 billion and 16 billion of imports annually. And if I'm remembering right, list three and on an additional 200 billion was announced and enacted, but at a rate of 10%. And if I'm remembering right, we discussed the potential for an additional list number four. You are exactly right. Um, when we met last year, list three was in effect at 10%. And, and since then, we've, you know, the U.S. has increased it up to 25%. Uh, 
additionally, we talked about how there was rumors of this mysterious list four mm-hmm. and how that list would likely encompass, you know, the rest of, you know, the HTS schedule. Uh, in May of this year, the U.S. announced list four and it did cover, you know, most of the remaining products. Uh, so since then, you know, list four has been split into two separate lists, which are list four A and list four B. Uh, because, you know, just having four lists on their own is not, you know, complicated enough. Mm-hmm. But uh, list 4A is currently active at 15%, and list 4B is set to be enacted in December without any, you know, additional agreements taking place between the two countries. Great. And <laughs> is there any positive news since we last spoke on this subject? Yeah, um, well, when we last spoke, the the idea and the shape and the process of 301 exclusions was kind of taking place. Um, so, you know, when we last spoke, com- companies could be applying for list one exclusions. Uh, in recent months, we've seen a large uptick in a plethora, and a plethora of items have now had exclusions published for them, allowing many companies who both applied and did not apply for these exclusions to recoup some of their losses. Uh, USTR now has an online portal where companies can and have applied for exclusions. Uh, the, the process has been in place and enacted on list one, two, and three. And typically when these exclusions are granted, USTR also you know, publishes uh, basically a summary of what you know, the, the type of product was and extends it. Uh, so you know, products of, for similar companies that might not have you know, even filed for exclusion themselves could be ex- or included. Um, additionally, you know, we talked last year how there had been some talks back and forth between the U.S. and China, and in, in the past there there appeared to be no traction. Uh, right. But it appears right now that you know there's a little bit of you know positivity going on at least, and mm-hmm. the countries may be growing tired of this war and maybe you know getting a little bit closer to an agreement. I hope so. Um, what have you heard about how the talks are going at present? It seems like the news is changing so, so fast, but I know we speak about this a lot and I know you're on top of it. So what do you know about how the talks are going? Yeah. So, you know, first I'll, I'll say this, that we are recording on November 4th. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that because there's a chance that, you know, by the time this is released in a, a day and a half, that there might be some additional updates that, that happen. There's a chance. There is a lot. Yeah, there's, there's a, lot a chance going on there right could now. be an update by the time we're done doing this recording, let alone publishing it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of you know I'm going to say fun in quotes following mm-hmm. all this information. Um, but that being said, you know there's there's a little bit more positive news coming out right now that I've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all previous talks said you know the last set of talks was actually cut short because uh, it was going so exceedingly well. Um, but talks have been cut short, halted entirely, uh, or really only resulted in, you know, minor delays or increased tariffs. Uh, you know, last week, U.S. and China each issued statements indicating that they have reached, you know, a tentative phase one deal. Um, and, you know, they've reached and announced some of the details of phase one, which is essentially that in exchange for 50 to $60 billion in agricultural purchases, uh, the U.S. will delay one of their planned tariff increases. Um, but, you know, the general scope of, you know, phase one implies phase two. Uh, some of that has not exactly come out to date. Well, that that certainly seems like good news, though. So do you think that this means we're on the verge of a resolution to this trade war? 
well, I'm hopeful that there's going to be continued progress. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I'm feeling a little bit better about some of the news that has come out right now. Uh, but I do kind of want to stress the scope of the current resolutions. Uh, so phase one essentially represents a slowdown in the progression of this issue. Uh, it doesn't address any of the root causes. Uh, it doesn't even end lists one, two, three, or four A, which are currently affecting businesses today. Uh, the phase one deal, you know, it means that things aren't going to get worse for the time being, but it doesn't mean that things are going to get better in the long term. Okay. So you think the trade war will continue even with this quote unquote phase one deal? Yeah. I mean, there's been some good news, some additional ones. So over the weekend, uh, you know, more news was released by U.S. and China where they kind of signified that in principle, a consensus was reached. Uh, but, you know, like I said before, until we see details of this deal, uh, I'm not feeling very positive about this in general. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if I was an importer, I would, you know, remain vigilant in, in trying to plan for, you know, everyday solutions for my country or my company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and everything that I've seen today, there's been no news released on how any potential deal would affect, you know, the original intellectual property rights issues for U.S. businesses in China. And that's a a pretty controversial issue that no progress was even hinted at uh, when, you know, greater details of of last talks came out. So until I get details on how the U.S. property rights would be handled or until, you know, I see a signed deal, uh, I'm I'm not sure that this is going to be the end. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. I mean, that's a pretty major issue, which a lot of this started with. So we're going to need to see some progress on that before we feel like yeah. there's there's any light at the end of the tunnel. So and, to speak. and maybe maybe one or both sides are are backing off on you know the original demands. Obviously, they well, someone's going to need to because there would have to be some sort of compromise. But until yeah. I see you know kind of the details of that, I, I kind of I'll, I'll remain vigilant but uncertain. Yeah. So the tariffs with China, they're not the only ones that have been in the news lately either. There's been talks of tariffs tariffs with the EU as well. Um, Are you able to maybe explain this a little bit? Definitely. Um, So I do want to distinguish between these two types of tariffs. Uh, So the China 301 tariffs, like we talked about, were were based in trade deficit issues and intellectual property issues. Uh, And, you know, they snowballed into the much more difficult current situation of today, but that's kind of how they started. Uh, The issues with the EU right now, um, you know, there was some tensions last year in in terms of steel and aluminum, uh, but a lot of the current discussion is over uh, Aerobus and Boeing subsidies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one of the, the more longer standing uh, trade issues that have been going on in the world and in the longest really between US and Europe that's, that constantly gets in the news and major. Um, but you know, both the US and Europe accuse the other of subsidizing you know, their major airline, be it Boeing in the US or Airbus in Europe. Uh, and both countries have claims in with the WTO. So there have been some rulings recently, and the result is is it's escalating a little bit further uh, into additional tariffs as well. Right. Okay. Now, you did also talk about um, customers remaining vigilant. What would you be doing if you were an importer in order to kind of best prepare for this crisis? Yeah. So right now, we're, we're in a really important time for importers. So to date, 
the, the largest and most encompassed encompassing listing is list 4A. Uh, so list 4A covers the widest range of products, uh, especially, you know, in markets that, that hadn't seen, you know, their items included on list one, two, or three. Uh, and list 4A is currently in the middle of its exclusion process. Um, meaning that right now, those who purchase or import items that are covered under list 4A uh, can work on making their, their case, their exclusion case, and submitting it to the U.S. Trade Representatives. When a company makes a case, they're essentially, you know, providing financial product and supply chain information and then shaping that information to make an argument on why their product should not be covered under these tariffs. So List 4A, like I said, is currently active. So if I was an importer, first and foremost, if I have any products under this listing, I'd be working to, you know, apply for my exclusion today and get everything in. Uh, Right now, you know, it's we're coming into you know, we had the Canadian Christmas, we're coming into the American or Canadian Thanksgiving, we're coming into the American Thanksgiving, and then Christmas time. Uh, this listing, you know, you have only till January 31st. It's a tough time right now for importers to do this, but that's what they should be doing. Yeah, great. Um, and so, what about customers who maybe aren't included on that list for a can they still apply for exclusions? So for those covered under list 4B, uh, I would encourage kind of taking the similar steps. Uh, so while the complete process for 4B has not been released, uh, at this point, the exclusion processes for each list follow you know, some similar bullet points okay. uh, and some similar data requirements. So I would, you know, if I had items on 4B, you know, even though it's not in effect yet, I would start to make my case uh, you know, internally and, and acquire some of that information so I could make a case that I, I should be excluded. Great. Okay. Thank you. And then I guess, really, what about those who have products on list one, two, and three? What Are they able to apply for exclusions? Uh, so sadly, no. Uh, the 301 process is kind of run so that each list gets one chance to apply for an exclusion. Ah. So meaning if you did not apply for list one, two, or three's exclusions uh, when those processes were open, uh, you cannot apply for an exclusion on those listings. Uh, for those who are on previous listings, uh, one thing I can say, one thing you can do is that USTR is releasing more and more exclusions for these past listings. Um, you know, as they're making determinations, they're releasing more and more types of products that would be excluded. I would encourage importers, even if they did not file or if they filed on their own and their own has been ruled, uh, to stay kind of apprised of these exclusions. Uh, so like I said previously, they're publishing general notes on products. So even if it's not on your case, I would look to see if any of your product lines could be covered under it. How the exclusions kind of work is you know, USTR publishes the exclusions uh, and they're released, they're released in relation to a specific HTS code. So essentially, they'll say anything under, you know, X HTS code that meets additional criteria of Y can be excluded. So one problem that importers are having is that, you know, this Y, this additional criteria is something that's typically unrelated to the HTS or something that's typically unrelated to the information you need to classify. So that requires a secondary review. But I would encourage companies to you know, either conduct that review or, or reach out to us for help uh, to 
kind of make sure that they still go through that process because there is a lot of money on the line. Mm-hmm. That's good advice. Um, so in this type of climate, I know that we've been we've been in close contact with our customers to help them navigate this very tricky situation and mitigate the impact that can be felt. Um, do you want to just talk about maybe what it is we've been doing for our customers here at Buckland? Yeah. So uh, even though, like I said, the news is changing daily or some days mm-hmm. hourly, and this is a pretty tumultuous time, we've been helping our customers minimize the impact. Uh, so, you know, first off, we can and have had a high success rate in writing exclusions for these actual tariffs themselves. Uh, so, you know, we've had good luck helping our customers make the arguments and helping, you know, get the correct information needed to make the arguments to be excluded from the tariff itself. Uh, beyond filing the actual exclusions, uh, we've helped customers determine if their items apply to, you know, the different exclusions being released. So, uh, in my example from earlier, this would be, you know, reviewing their product lines to see if that extra criteria why applies to their goods. Uh, additionally, uh, we've also helped customers that are looking to potentially, you know, resource, uh, be it to Canada or Mexico, or, you know, just moving any of their operations with what if scenarios on the country of origin of their goods. Uh, in this case, what we essentially do is take a look at their manufacturing process, uh, the changes that would be made based on their their process today to see if the country origin of their products or if the eligibility of their products uh, would change and if it would still be included under these Chinese tariffs. Um, you know, there are some uh, some things that, that might not shift even if you move operations, but there's a lot that you can do uh, with these items to kind of mitigate your duty. Great. Thank you so much for that. That's really good advice. And I would certainly welcome anyone listening. If you have questions, please reach out to CSA group at buckland.com if you have any questions or if we can be of assistance. Um, And I just wanted to say thank you so much, Chris, for joining me on the phone today uh, to talk about the latest with these Section 301 tariffs, or as many people are hearing about it, the U.S.-China trade war. I'm certain that this won't be our last conversation on this topic. Yeah, it seems like there's always something new going on here. So I'm sure we'll talk again, and I very much look forward to it. Great. Thank you so much, Chris. That's the Beyond Borders podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our very special guest, Chris, for joining us and for sharing his expertise. If you're looking for more resources related to international trade, check out buckland.com learning. Here you'll find a range of resources, including downloadable learning guides, webinars, and this podcast. You'll want to check out our learning guides for the new IncoTerms 2020 reference chart, as well as many other great resources. On this site, you can also check out our past webinars and sign up for future live webinars, which feature an informative presentation followed by a live Q&A session with an industry expert. The best way to keep up to date on all of these resources is through our weekly newsletter. We send out a newsletter every Wednesday containing these resources, as well as a roundup of the latest trade news delivered right to your inbox. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us at csagroup at buckland.com or through any of our social channels linked in the show notes. 
Thank you for listening to the Beyond Borders podcast and be sure to tune in again and subscribe for more great conversations about importing, exporting, and everything else in the world of logistics and inter-